You're listening to Rowan Radio On Demand. Download more podcasts at rowanradio.com. The following program does not represent the views or opinions of the staff or administration of Rowan University or Rowan Radio. 89.7 WGLS-FM. Rowan Radio, 89.7 WGLS-FM proudly presents The Rowan Report, a weekly news magazine that recaps local, national, and international news that affects you. And now, the Rowan Radio News Team. Good morning and welcome to the Rowan Report here on Rowan Radio 89.7 WGLS-FM. I'm Allie Bruce with the Rowan Radio News Team. Some of this week's headlines include Henry Kissinger has died, Hamas has released two female hostages, and Senator George Santos is refusing to step down. Here's your national news recap for the week of November 26th. Henry Kissinger has died. The former diplomat who helped steer the country at the height of the Cold War passed away Wednesday at his home in Kent, Connecticut. While working for former President Nixon, he held the rare position of both National Security Advisor and Secretary of State. The German-Jewish refugee advised 12 presidents from John F. Kennedy to Joe Biden. He drew the Soviet Union into the first major nuclear arms control treaty and edged Moscow out of its standing as a major power in the Middle East. Over years of meetings in Paris, he negotiated the peace accords that ended the American involvement in the Vietnam War, an achievement for which he shared the 1973 Nobel Peace Prize. But the war proved far from over, and critics argued that he could have made the same deal years earlier, saving thousands of lives. Kissinger was often criticized for how he handled certain situations. He was not loved or utilized by some presidents, but he was a force to be reckoned with well into his 90s. He was 100 years old. The Senate Judiciary Committee on Thursday voted to approve subpoenas for conservative activist Leonard Leo and GOP megadonor Harlan Crow in its Supreme Court ethics probe. The subpoenas were approved by 11 Democrat senators. No other senators voted. Republican members walked out of the committee room during the vote once it was clear that Chairman Dick Durbin wouldn't allow votes on any GOP amendments. Ahead of the meeting, Durbin told reporters that Republicans had filed 177 amendments, which would have taken hours to go through. Durbin said that the GOP's effort was intended to elongate the meeting and put Democrats in a tough spot on controversial votes. Before the vote on the subpoenas, the meeting devolved into partisan bickering after Democrats tried to block Republicans from debating a nominee the panel was considering, saying that GOP members already had two opportunities to speak about the individual. Senators Lindsey Graham, John Cornyn, and Tom Cotton spoke about Durbin destroying the United States Senate Judiciary Committee. Republican presidential candidate Tim Scott abruptly announced late Sunday that he was dropping out of the 2024 presidential race, a development that surprised his donors and stunned his campaign staff just two months before the start of voting in Iowa's leadoff GOP caucus. The South Carolina senator, who entered the race in May with high hopes, made the surprise announcement on Fox News Channel's Sunday Night in America with Trey Gowdy. The news was so unanticipated that one campaign worker told the Associated Press that campaign staff found out Scott was dropping out by watching the show. I love America more today than I did on May 22nd, Scott said Sunday, but when I go back to Iowa, it will not be as a presidential candidate. I'm suspending my campaign. I think the voters who are most remarkable people on the planet have been really clear that they're telling me not now, Tim. Scott's impending departure comes as he and the rest of the GOP field have struggled in a race that has been dominated by former President Donald Trump. Despite four criminal indictments and a slew of other legal challenges, Trump continues to poll far ahead of his rivals, leading many in the party to conclude the race is effectively over. 
barring some stunning change of fortune. The U.S. is continuing to push for the extension of humanitarian pauses in the fighting between Israel and Hamas. National Security Council spokesman John Kirby told reporters Thursday more than 100 hostages held by Hamas have been released since the temporary ceasefire went into effect last week. The truce was extended for a seventh day Thursday just before it was set to expire. Kirby said officials are working to buy more time to secure the release of hostages and surge more humanitarian aid into the Gaza Strip. House Democratic leader Hakeem Jeffries is slamming Republicans over their impeachment inquiry into President Biden. Jeffries told reporters Thursday there's no evidence that the president engaged in any wrongdoing with respect to his family's business dealings. He called it a phony effort to distract from the House GOP's track record. Republicans are moving toward formalizing their impeachment inquiry with a potential floor vote in the coming weeks. The inquiry is focused on whether the president improperly benefited from his family's foreign business dealings, which he strongly denies. A New York appeals court is reinstating a gag order against former President Donald Trump in his civil fraud trial. Trump and his attorneys are once again prohibited from making public statements about the courtroom staff in the ongoing $250 million civil fraud trial. The order was temporarily lifted two weeks ago by an appellate judge after Trump's lawyers sued the judge in the case. New York Judge Arthur N. Goron initially issued the order in October after Trump lashed out at his law clerk on social media. Trump's attorneys argue the order infringes on the former president's First Amendment rights. Senator Tommy Tuberville on Thursday signaled that he may drop some of his holds on hundreds of high-level military nominations in the very near future. I don't know what they're going to do with the resolution, he said, referring to a Democrat effort to bypass his holds. But we're going through all the people that are up for promotion. The Alabama senator didn't specify how many promotions he would let through or which nominees he would block, but said he wants to get as many people as possible through in the next week or so and won't decide based on levels of rankings. Tuberville has faced backlash from members of his own party as well as Democrats and the White House, who say that his blockade poses threats to the military's preparedness. Senate Democrats and Independent Senator Kristen Sinema of Arizona crafted a resolution this month that would use a temporary process change in an effort to bypass Tuberville's ongoing blockade. I'm Allie Bruce, and that was your national news. I'm Gavin Trutzenbach with your international news report. All three international stories today are coming from Reuters. Hamas on Thursday handed two female hostages to the Red Cross in Gaza City's central Palestine Square, following a last-minute deal struck with Israel to extend a truce. Israel identified the freed hostages as 21-year-old Mia Shem, who was seized at a dance party along with many of the other hostages abducted into Gaza, and 40-year-old Amit Susana. Shem also holds French nationality. Footage aired on Al Jazeera showed the women being taken out of a white vehicle surrounded by armed Hamas militants in Gaza city and met by Red Cross officials. Later, photos released by the Israeli Prime Minister's office showed Shem embracing her mother and brother after they were reunited at Hatzor military base in Israel. Israel and Hamas agreed to extend their ceasefire for a seventh day, while mediators pressed on with talks to extend the truce further to free more hostages and let aid reach Gaza. The truce has halted bombing and allowed some humanitarian aid into Gaza, after much of the coastal territory of 2.3 million people was reduced to wasteland in an Israeli campaign in retaliation for a deadly rampage by Hamas militants on October 7th. In other news in the region, the armed wing of Hamas has claimed responsibility for a deadly shooting in Jerusalem, which Israel called further proof of the need to destroy the militants, although there were no signs of this scuppering the Gaza truce or release of hostages. Earlier, Israel, which is demanding
demanded Hamas release at least 10 hostages per day to hold the ceasefire, said it received a list at the last minute of those who would go free on Thursday, allowing it to call off plans to resume fighting at dawn. Hamas freed 16 hostages on Wednesday, while Israel released 30 Palestinian prisoners. Mia Shem had appeared in a hostage video released by Hamas in October, which showed her injured arm being treated by an unidentified medical worker. Her father David told Israel's Channel 12 TV on Thursday that when they meet, he will not say a word to her. He said, I don't want to ask her questions, because I don't know what she endured. U.S. Secretary of State Antony Blinken, in Israel during his third visit to the Middle East since the war began, said the truce was producing results. U.S. officials said Blinken also told the Israelis to ensure the safety of Palestinian civilians once the war resumes. Egypt's state media body said Egyptian and Qatari mediators were working to negotiate a further extension of the truce for two days. Before Thursday, militants had released 97 hostages during the truce. 70 Israeli women, teenagers, and children each freed in return for three Palestinian women and teenage detainees, plus 27 foreign hostages freed under parallel agreements with their governments. With fewer Israeli women and children left in captivity, extending the truce could require setting new terms for the release of Israeli men, including soldiers. Shortly after the agreement, two Palestinian attackers opened fire at a bus stop during morning rush hour at the entrance to Jerusalem, killing at least three people. Both attackers were neutralized, police said. This event proves again how we must not show weakness, that we must speak to Hamas only through scopes, only through war, said hard-right National Security Minister Itamar Ben-Gavir at the site of the attack. Hamas said the attackers were its members, and its armed wing claimed responsibility for the attack in response to the occupation's crimes of killing children and women in Gaza, they said. But neither side appeared to treat the attack as an explicit renunciation of the truce. A Palestinian official familiar with the truce talk said its terms did not apply to what he characterized as responses to Israeli attacks in the West Bank and Jerusalem. Israel has sworn to annihilate Hamas, which rules Gaza, in response to the October 7th rampage by the militant group, when Israel says gunmen killed 1,200 people and took 240 hostages. Until the truce, Israel bombarded the territory for seven weeks. Palestinian health authorities, deemed reliable by the United Nations, say more than 15,000 Gazans have been confirmed killed, around 40% of them children. A further 6,500 are missing, many feared still buried under rubble. In our final international national story, EU countries are digging in against parts of the Commission's latest proposed package of sanctions on Russia, namely the so-called No Russia Clause retaliatory financial limits, and enforcing sanctions on goods for personal use, six sources said. The package, which would be the bloc's 12th since Russia invaded Ukraine in February 2022, also seeks to close more loopholes on sanctions circumvention. However, some member states, which the sources declined to identify, say the new proposal goes too far and would backfire on EU global trade and ultimately fail in its aims. At an ambassadorial meeting this week, countries said Article 12G in the proposal dubbed the No Russia Clause, could potentially create havoc for European companies globally, the sources familiar with discussion said. Under the proposals aired at the meeting, the sources said, EU exporters would be forced to insert a re-export prohibition to Russia across all goods in the Commission's list of custom codes, which encompasses more items of daily use than those of military utility for Russia. A small entrepreneur in Brazil would have to fulfill contracts in such a complex system. The discussion should be focused on highly critical goods. One source said, who like them all declined to be named owing to the sensitivity of the discussions. I'm Gavin Trutzenbach, and that was your International News Report. 
I'm Riley Adams with your local news. The GOP's embattled New York Representative George Santos is blasting Congress ahead of his possible expulsion from the House. A third expulsion vote is scheduled for Friday, and until now, Santos has claimed he doesn't care. But with the U.S. Capitol in the background today, he was singing a different tune, slamming the House Ethics Committee report that found he broke campaign finance laws and stole from donors. Expulsion from the Congress is rare and requires a two-thirds vote, and even Santos admits the numbers are likely there. He's also facing 23 federal charges to which he's pleaded not guilty. Following cancellations on some of New Jersey's offshore wind farm projects, Governor Murphy is determined to fast-track more opportunities. This week, Murphy opted to speed up the timeline for bids, directing the state's Board of Public Utilities to launch a fourth offshore wind solicitation in early 2024. The bidding window for this round of energy company proposals was originally slated to begin next summer. Murphy says New Jersey will remain a dynamic hub for offshore wind development, which can and will attract new projects and their accompanying economic and environmental benefits. One New Jersey congressman is condemning the pro-Palestinian protests headed at Teaneck High School on Wednesday. In a town with a large Jewish population and a growing Muslim community, tensions were high when the superintendent allowed dozens of students to walk out in support of Palestine. Representative Josh Gottheimer, who was Jewish, called the demonstration anti-Semitic and anti-Israel and said it was not the appropriate time or place for a protest. Gottheimer added Jewish students should not be afraid to attend school. More state funds are available for New Jersey's transit villages to revitalize areas around facilities in five counties. Governor Murphy announced $3.2 million to help seven municipalities through the Transit Village Program. Municipalities with transit facilities within their borders can seek designation by developing plans for mixed-use redevelopment that includes housing. This creates incentives to revitalize areas around commuter bus, rail, or ferry stations for vibrant, pedestrian-friendly neighborhoods where people can live, shop, work, and play without relying on automobiles. Crews are breaking down on the New Jersey side of the Gateway Tunnel project. Officials on both sides of the Hudson River have worked for years to move the project along, which will build a two-way tunnel between New Jersey and Manhattan and rehabilitate the more-than-century-old tunnel already in use. Governor Murphy says the entire project is expected to create 70,000 jobs and generate nearly $20 billion in economic activity. Mayor Eric Adams' administration is speeding up the redesigns of intersections in New York City to make them safer for pedestrians. The mayor says starting next year, there will be safety improvements to at least 2,000 intersections a year, double the pace of the current rate. That includes redesigns so drivers have better visibility of pedestrians by removing parking spots around the intersections. The city is also putting speed limiters on 50 school buses as part of an expanded pilot program that ensures compliance with speed limits. Governor Hukal is putting just over $5 million towards setting up school-based mental health clinics. The money will support satellite clinics at nearly 140 schools across New York State, with the first schools receiving up to $45,000 to develop a program. The governor talked with students who are still feeling the impacts of the coronavirus pandemic, some of them telling her they're overcoming grief of losing loved ones and time in school. Hukal says the number of young people feeling depression is astronomical and adults have some responsibility to return them to some normalcy. The teen suspected of the stabbing death of a Bronx couple and their five-year-old son is being charged. Police say 19-year-old Jaden Rivera has been charged with murder, manslaughter, and weapon possession after authorities found the bodies of his father, five-year-old half-brother, and father's girlfriend last Sunday in an apartment on 136th Street in Mott Haven. Rivera, who's attending college upstate, had checked himself into the hospital with cuts and said he had heard voices in his head. Meantime, Rivera's attorney said his client is a straight-A student with a full college scholarship. A three-year-old boy killed in a hit-and-run in Flushing last night is being identified. Cops say Quintus Chen was fatally struck when he ran into the street and was hit as a white sedan pulled out of a parking spot along busy College Point Boulevard. It happened just after 6.30 p.m. Police are still looking for the driver who fled the scene while they did locate the vehicle involved. A baby who was in the back of a car when it was stolen from Newcastle County has been found safe. Authorities say the one-year-old child was discovered late last night in Philly, hours after her family's car was taken from in front of a 7-Eleven in Newark after it was left running. The child was apparently handed to strangers who called the cops. Police are still searching for the suspect as well as the stolen vehicle. 
I'm Riley Adams, and that was your local news. I'm Aiden Doherty with your Rowan News. Student entrepreneurs take first place in global business competition. Sophomores Harrison Nastasi and Justin Ionelli, co-founders of the superfood granola company Bobica Bars, took first place in the College Entrepreneurs Organization 40th Global Conference and Pitch Competition. Nastasi and Ionelli, who were among 16 Rowan students competing, bested roughly 700 student entrepreneurs from around the world in early November in Tampa, Florida. The win follows a first place finish in the same competition last year by Nastasi's brother Nicholas, whose company 4U Medical Designs makes colorful kid-friendly stickers for IV bags, syringe barrels, and other medical supplies for children. We made history four different ways, Harrison Nastasi said. We were the first brothers to win back-to-back, the first university to win back-to-back, the first food and beverage industry company to win, and we are the youngest to ever win. Bobica Bars, which Nastasi and Ionelli market as the world's first superfoods glazed granola bars, sell mostly by word of mouth, but they do do sell, Nastasi said. The pair bake 500 to 800 bars per week, some in Nastasi's mother's kitchen and some in commercial kitchen space. Nastasi said the bars were inspired by acai bowls. For the granola bars, he and Ionelli blend acai rolled oats and other grains with a mix of strawberries, bananas, and blueberries topped with one of the four sweet but healthiest glazes. Mainly our orders are off Amazon and our website Bobica Bars, Nastasi said. Our next step is to go into retail and we're working to get into some of the big box stores. A group of writers hopeful of launching their career with a partial Rowan scholarship will share some of their best work at their university's first annual high school writing contest this Friday. Hosted by the Department of Writing Arts, the contest will award monetary prizes and writer scholarship to the overall winner. The contest from 7 to 8.45 p.m. in the Rowan University Art Gallery at 301 West High Street will feature students from New Jersey and Philadelphia school districts in a showcase of work including academic writing, creative nonfiction, fiction, and poetry or spoken word. Dr. Amy Reed, an associate professor professor in the Department of Writing Arts within the Rick Edelman College of Communication and Creative Arts said Rowan faculty invited 12 students, the top three finalists, to submit writing samples in each of their four categories. Dr. Amy Reed said, in holding this contest, we're further establishing Rowan as a place where a lively writing culture thrives. I'm Aiden Doherty, and that was your Rowan News. That does it for the first half of the Rowan Report, wrapping up this week's national, international, and local news. We are going to take a quick break. Up next, we have your weekly sports, business, and entertainment news. Stay tuned right here on Rowan Radio 89.7 WGLS-FM. Welcome back to the Rowan Report. I'm Allie Bruce along with the Rowan Radio News Team. I'm Jack Miller for the Rowan Report with your news from the professional sports world. And Jack play for both Rowan men's basketball teams is fully underway. Women's basketball under new head coach Kate Pearson have found a new groove after blowing out both Gwynedd Mercy and TCNJ this past week. On Monday, they crushed the Gwynedd Mercy Griffins 93-64, all because of the battle of the boards. The props were able to snag 49 rebounds compared to Gwynedd Mercy's 28. The Griffins lost the turnover battle as well, 24-20. Roan was able to put up and drain more shots in this game, averaging 50% from the floor. Then the women's team took on the TCNJ Lions and did the same damage they caused on the Griffins, winning 71 to 51 on Wednesday night in the borough. Ileana Santana led the team in scoring with a season-high 17 points, shooting 7 for 10 from the floor while also collecting 5 boards. Kate Hurley and Sabrina Arujo also had double digits, with Kate having 12 with 8 rebounds and Sabrina scoring 14, shooting 4 for 8 from downtown. She has really found her shot in the last few games. The 4-3 and 
women's team will play later today at 1, two hours north at William Patterson, where myself and Tom Hill will be on the call live on Roan Radio 89.7 WGLS-FM. The men's team, on the other hand, have now lost two in a row after losing to the TCNJ Lions this past Wednesday right after the women's game. They lost to the Lions 82-72. Jason Laranega and Nick Koch both had 20-plus in the win over the profs. Khalif Mears tried to keep the profs alive with 25 points of his own. The profs could not find the bottom of the basket, though. They shot 35% while TCNJ made 48% of their shots. The 4-3 and three men's team will take on William Patterson on the road on Saturday at 3 right after the women's game. Tom Hill and I will be on the call for that game as well, so be sure to tune in later today on Roan Radio 89.7 WGLS-FM. Last year's G League champions, the Delaware Bluecoats, had a rematch of the 2023 Eastern Conference Finals against the Long Island Nets at the Chase Fieldhouse this past Wednesday as well. Two-way star Ricky Council had 20 points in the first half and ended with 32 points, converting on 70% of his shots. David Duke Jr., who was a former Long Island Net and Brooklyn Nets player scored 23 in his revenge game, shooting three for seven from three, and also getting in highlight Sports Center type posterizer over center Kaiser Gates. Javante Smart, who is also a two-way player for the Coats, had 23 as well with also eight assists. Head coach Mike Longobardi gave blue coat of the game to Melvin Frazier Jr. for his hustle and grit with 17 points and 13 boards as a 6-5 forward. Their next game will be against the Greensboro Swarm at the Fieldhouse at six and will be broadcasted live as well on RoanRadio.com. Channel 2 with Aaron Hook and Justin Locke on the call tonight. Switching over to the NFL and the Eagles, they had another game of a lifetime against the Buffalo Bills last Sunday night at the link. The Birds won by three in overtime, 37-34, from a phenomenal second half and overtime performance by Jalen Hurts. He had 167 passing yards, no turnovers, and four total touchdowns, including a 12-yard rushing touchdown in overtime to secure the Eagles' win, and all those stats were all in the second half. They are the first team in the NFL with 10 wins, as they now are 10-1. They will take on the juggernaut of Christian McCaffrey and the 8-3 San Francisco 49ers at the link at 425 tomorrow. Again, I'm Jack Miller for the Roan Report with your news from the professional sports world. Hi, I'm Megan Steckler with your Roan Report business update. Wall Street is closing with stocks mixed. This comes as new data released Wednesday shows gross domestic product grew stronger than projections at its annual rate of 5.2%. It's also as traders have been optimistic that the Federal Reserve is done with its rate hiking campaign to combat inflation. At the closing bell, the Dow Jones Industrial Average rose 13 points to 35 to 430, the S&P 500 dropped 4 points to 45 to 50, and the Nasdaq fell 23 points to 14 to 258. The United States is poised to extract more oil and gas than ever before in 2023. Aaron Rayal reports. The latest federal government forecasts show a record 2.9 million barrels of crude oil, more than double what was produced a decade ago, being extracted in 2023. The Biden administration has handed out oil and gas drilling leases on public lands at a rate comparable to Donald Trump. Yet, at the same time, Biden's Inflation Reduction Act was passed and has spurred record investment in clean energy like solar, wind, as well as propel sales of electric vehicles. In spite of the increased drilling, U.S. energy emissions have been edging downwards and are expected to drop 3% this year, albeit slower than needed to meet our own climate goals. Aaron Rayal, NBC News Radio. J.P. Morgan Chase is warning inflation could rise more and a recession is still possible. Lisa Taylor has more. CEO Jamie Dimon said at the New York Times Deal Book Summit in New York that interest rates could continue to go up. He noted the governments across the world needing more money for their militaries and to address energy crises could contribute to inflation. Dimon said that while the U.S. labor market has been stable, inflation is hurting people. I'm Lisa Taylor. 
More U.S. retailers are adopting a returnless return policy this holiday season. The returns firm GoTRG says U.S. shoppers are expected to return $173 billion worth of holiday purchases this year, and that returns drain profits because they have to be transported, sorted, and resold, often at a discount. The firm says this year, 59% of retailers are offering so-called returnless policies for unwanted products whose return costs exceed their value. They're not naming the companies using the new policy because the firm says that information is not something that retailers want out there. I'm Megan Steckler and this has been your Business News Report. I'm Al Lawton and this is your Entertainment News. Taylor Swift continues to dominate 2023. The superstar singer-songwriter is Spotify's most streamed artist globally for the year. She ends Puerto Rican rapper Bad Bunny's three-year reign as the world's most listened-to artist on the streaming platform. Bad Bunny took the number two spot, followed by The Weeknd, Drake, and Mexican singer Peso Pluma. In the U.S., Morgan Wallen's Last Night earned the title for the most streamed song. He also had the most streamed album in the U.S. with One Thing at a Time. Beetlejuice 2 is a rap. Director Tim Burton announced on Instagram that the film has completed production. The film only had two days left of shooting after the SAG-AFTRA strike came to an end. Deadline reports Warner Brothers is looking at a September 6, 2024 release date. That's the highly sought post-Labor Day weekend, which has historically been good for Warner Brothers horror movies like It and The Nun. Opening statements are set for Monday in the assault trial of actor Jonathan Majors in New York City. Jury selection ended on Thursday, and the trial is expected to take two weeks before deliberation begins. Majors is charged with assault and aggravated harassment related to an incident with his ex-girlfriend in Manhattan in March. He faces up to a year in prison if convicted. The actor has starred in films like Creed III and multiple Marvel Studio productions as the villain Kang the Conqueror. The legendary rock band KISS is lighting up the Empire State Building as they gear up for their final show ever in New York City. Their final show is happening tonight. Lisa G reports. There will be many promotions around the city to help in the celebration. There's going to be a KISS pop-up shop on West 37th Street near Madison Square Garden. The MTA is issuing 50,000 limited edition KISS Metro cards and over 800 taxis will be decked out with KISS digital signs. In addition, Thursday night there will be special KISS-themed merchandise when the Rangers take on the Detroit Red Wings at Madison Square Garden. Lisa G, NBC News Radio, New York. A docu-series featuring eyewitness accounts of the murder of John Lennon is coming to Apple+. Plus. John Lennon Murder Without a Trial premieres on December 6th. The late Beatle was shot to death by Mark David Chapman on December 8th, 1980. The promotional trailer includes a person who says Chapman apologized to surrounding witnesses immediately after shooting Lennon. The three-part series is narrated by Kiefer Sutherland. Mark Cuban said he's ready to leave Shark Tank. On the Showtime podcast, All the Smoke, Cuban said the next season of the ABC series will be his last. Cuban first guested on Shark Tank in season two and will leave season 16. He told hosts Matt Barnes and Steven Jackson that he loves the show because of the message the American dream is alive and well. Cuban said he's invested in hundreds of companies over the years and he's proud the show has inspired multiple generations of entrepreneurs. I'm Al Lawton, and that's your entertainment news. 
And that wraps up this week's edition of the Roan Report here on Roan Radio 89.7 WGLS-FM. For the Roan Radio News Team, I'm Allie Bruce. Have a great day. You've been listening to The Rowan Report, a weekly news magazine that recaps local, national, and international news that affects you. Be sure to join us every Saturday morning at 9.30 for another edition of The Rowan Report, exclusively here on Rowan Radio, 89.7 WGLS-FM.